This is Ubaldi Brief, and today we're going to talk about Joe Biden's new infrastructure plan that he's going to unveil on Wednesday, 2 p.m. in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay. Why Pittsburgh? He's from Scranton. Pennsylvania was the heart of, of the Rust Belt. It was also the heart of the U.S. steel production and all that stuff. Manufacturers were always in Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania. So I think he's just doing it there. And I think it has electoral, electoral significance because Pennsylvania has always been a swing state. It went for Trump in two, 2016 and it went back to Biden in 2020, just barely. Yeah. So I think he picked it for that reason, probably more than any other. Even though it took Pennsylvania like three days to count those votes, right? Yeah. And there were some questions about it. But for this segment, it was, I think he chose that to solidify his standing in Pennsylvania. But on the, it's ironic, the western part of Pennsylvania, he threw them under the bus when it came to fracking and banning fracking on public lands. And so the energy sectors took a beat in that western part. So you made a good, or you brought up something earlier about something that they're trying to do, like they're going to charge somebody to use their vehicle. Is that what you said? What they're going to do when Joe Biden unveils his infrastructure plan on Wednesday at 2 p.m., one of the proposals, they got to pay for it. This is going to be anywhere between 3 to $4 trillion. Now, this is a huge undertaking. Now, every congressional term, they're always doing infrastructure. That just seems like it's standard. But this one is unique. We have never seen this large of an infrastructure plan. This even dwarfs what President Obama did in 2009 when his was about $1 trillion. This is about 3 to $4 trillion, And we'll find out the amount coming on, on Wednesday. So that So hopefully they're going to announce how they're going to pay for all this. And one of the proposals Pete Buttigieg mentioned, he's the transportation secretary. And if everybody remembers, he was the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, that also ran for president in 2020. But that said, he said they wanted, they're floating the idea of using a user tax. That does matter. The more you drive, you'll be taxed on that. Because typically to pay for infrastructure usually was done by the gas tax. But because the federal gas tax hasn't changed, I think, since the early 90s, and the fact that with all our vehicles getting better fuel economy, you're not going in and fueling up your car or truck like you once did. So that was one idea. But it'll be interesting to see how is he going to pay for all this? Because you're talking three, let's say it's three trillion. That's a lot of money. And you've got to come up with the money to pay for all this. Now, the Democrats are always going after the wealthy. They play the class warfare. So Mm -hmm. it would be interesting. My guess is they're going to do a combination of raise taxes on individuals and families to make a certain level, but then also go after corporations and businesses as well. So going back to the uh, use tax like that, is there a way to differentiate like I'm so I'm going to have to pay not only through I'm not going to have to pay back not only through like maybe income tax or my taxes at the end of the year. But now just me going to work is going to cost me more money than it normally should. That's it. It's an interesting point you raise. I'm not sure if they do that, how they're going to do that. Are you going to have to calculate how many miles you drive a week, a month, a year? 
But what about those businesses? For say the post office has vehicles and they get a lot of use. Are they going to? That's something for the post office. But for individuals, if you drive to work, and a lot of people do commute to work. Yeah. So how are they going to institute a usage tax? Are you going to have to, at the beginning of the year, say, this is my mileage as of January 1, and then January 31st, this is my ending mileage. I don't know how they're going to do it, or is it by month? I don't know how they're going to do it. How is it that they're always trying to nickel and dime us when it comes to stuff like that? It was their idea to spend the money, and now it's our job to... Well, the way they sell it is that this is going to fix our bridges and roads and broadband in the rural areas or underserved communities. They yeah. sell it as we're helping the American people, but they've never said how this money is going to be spent. Now, are they going to give a chunk to the states? Because like, okay, I know I always mention California because that's where I'm from and I follow it. California transportation budget is very bloated. Think about it. When they did the retrofit to the uh, Bay Bridge and that one section that collapsed in the Loma Prieta earthquake in 1989, it took 15 years for them just to build a new span. And mm-hmm. it was originally $1.6 billion, and now it's going up to, finally, its final cost was $6.5 billion. And Democrats want to push money into mass transit. Well, California has a high-speed rail that is billions over budget and barely anything moved on. And a lot of the rail systems in the United States, especially passenger rail, ridership has dropped. So you're going to send spend more money into something that's not being used, is it just going to waste billions? True, but it hasn't usership only dropped because of the pandemic? Oh, it was dropping before. Okay. So city planners are saying, don't be spending on this stuff because it just, it doesn't, you're just going to be wasting money. So it'd be interesting to see how is he going to do this? But the question is, can he get bipartisan supports? But when it comes to the taxes, now, Republicans are going to say this is going to below expand the federal debt, which it would. But Republicans don't have a leg to stand on that issue because they didn't do anything to curb federal spending either when they were in charge. Yeah. But in the meantime, the way I look at it, how is this going to be spent? Every time we do this, it just goes into the biggest black hole of government bureaucrats. And then you've got to do the environmental impact studies, the lawsuits, all these things have to play in. And then how much is it going to go to renewable energy, Mm -hmm. like wind and solar and things like that? Are we going to have another Solyndra? There's a lot of things that we just don't know. And we'll probably not know on Wednesday, but how does he intend to do this? Are they going to get rid of the filibuster to, to jam this thing through? So before we go, and I think also since since Tesla has been coming around too, there's been a lot less people using gas in order to for those vehicles. Okay, there's they're not using any gas for these vehicles. So then they're just trying to look for an. I think the actual state of Florida is looking for another way to tax them in the same the same kind of situation that Biden's trying to do with the vehicles. I'm not sure on that case, I would have to do more research to see what Florida's doing, but it's, I know the Democrats want to push this renewable wind and solar. They want to electrify America. Yeah. If you get electric cars, you still need power. And if you put these charging stations, think of the amount of money that's going to be need. Okay. You have a house. 
you I've been to your house many times. You can bring your wife can bring up and you can power into an electrical outlet in your house if it's set up like that. Yeah. I live in an apartment. How much is it going to cost to put charging stations throughout this complex? Yeah. That does that mean who puts that bill? Does the does the landowner or the apartment complex who owns this apartment building are they paying? So if they're going to pay, they're going to roll that back into higher rents. So and then with, if with that with answer to that, we went to the St. Pete Pier and they give preferential parking for people that use green vehicles or eco-friendly vehicles. And at the charging stations, you can put in your credit card and they'll you have to pay it to charge. So I think that might be. Maybe one of those ways they generate revenue for they just, hey, while you're parked here in this great parking spot, why don't you pay some money to charge your vehicle at the same time? Yeah, but see, but it still didn't answer the, the one part of this. That's at a charging station at a parking garage. But what about when you go home? The apartment complex that I live in, are they going to have to pay to retrofit the apartment complex to have charging stations. If they're doing that's a cost that's going to incur on the apartment complex. They're going to roll that back into higher rent. Yeah. So now you take California, they try they're trying to electrify faster than what Joe Biden's trying to propose. Mm-hmm. Well, last year they had brownouts because they're not generating enough electricity or enough energy to cover their state's energy needs. Because in the summer, it's very warm, especially in the Central Valley. If you live in the coastal region, where most of the progressives live, it's cooler because you get the fog, you get the the ocean breeze. But when I lived in California, I lived in Sacramento. It averages 92 to 95 degrees Mm -hmm. throughout the summer. So when it gets into the hundreds, people use their energy. And the peak period to gather energy from solar and wind is from two to four. The peak usage of energy is from five to nine when people come home from work. So, so with this being like the, with this being the beginning of the infrastructure bill, I'm pretty sure a lot of people do have questions. And so how would they be able to ask those questions? The way they can ask the questions, you can go to Ubaldi reports at gmail.com. That's Ubaldi reports at gmail.com. You can go to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and type in Ubaldi Reports. If you go to Facebook, you can go to Ubaldi Reports group and type in your questions or your concerns or what you thought of these podcasts. But in the, but in the meantime, I do want to put a, to thank the listeners who have just joined us from Heroes Media Group. That's a, another a podcast where we placed our, plot, our podcast on to get out to a broader audience. And then in April, we're going to live stream this podcast. The first one is going to be like a, an introduction to describe who Joe Bits is, who I am, and then what, you, what is the purpose and what's the mission statement of Ubaldi Reports. The second one we do is when we do the official launch on a given topic, and it could be infrastructure, it could be immigration. Mm -hmm. These are two top issues that are going to be with us for a while. But Joe also has something that we're going to also do in April. Yeah, so at the beginning of April, we're going to have a Patreon where we're going to give you an, an extra podcast called Uvalde Reports Declassified, where we're going to give you a more uncensored and a more opinionated approach about what is going on currently in in the administration, in the country as well. And I would probably think a lot of people would agree that there is a lot of craziness going on. So 
you get to hear a really unfiltered content when it comes to something like that. So with that being said, everybody have a great day. Yeah, and thank you for listening to Ubaldi Brief. Until next time, keep listening.